Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building a big business and an even bigger life. I'm your co-host, Via Williams. I'm Sarah Reynolds. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Wendy Papazian. Shannon Goodson and George Dudley explain in their book, The Psychology of Sales Call Reluctance, that call reluctance is the reason why 80% of new salespeople fail in their first wow. year. Wow. Yeah. That's 80%. Which is astounding. Yeah. If you think about yeah. if you think about real estate sales, 85% of all realtors will fail in the first two years. So wow. most of that is from call reluctance. So today we're gonna learn what call reluctance is why people experience call reluctance and why some people have more call reluctance than others. And finally, we'll we'll go over the top 10 ways to overcome call reluctance. Yeah, so this is something that our team experiences a lot. Uh, We, all real estate teams do, all four of our teams experience a lot. Mm. We have an inside sales agent model and we put our inside sales agents in the middle of sort of like the hub of our office. They're sort of the heart of our company is what we call them. And they have to make calls also in front of everyone, which talk about just normal call reluctance. And then you're out there in front of everybody. Yeah. And we hired this new ISA and he's been with us now about four years. And when we first hired him, his voice was really shaky. Every time we would role play or overcome objections, he was getting really uh, shaky on the phone. And it was time for him to actually pick up the phone and start calling. And he was, I saw him shaking in the middle of our office. I came out to him and I said, listen, you're thinking that you're making a, a cold call or you're calling someone and most likely you're thinking that you're bothering them. The truth is, is that our team provides amazing service to buyers and sellers above and beyond what they can get with other real estate professionals. That's what we believe. You have to have conviction that you believe that. And if you believe that, you know you're actually calling to help them. Because I knew his heart was to help people. And it was so important for him to realize by picking up that phone, I'm going to change someone's life life for the better and help them versus bothering them. So call reluctance is a real thing that so many people go through. And a lot of it comes down to the mindset of, right, they think they're bothering Mm -hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting is um, a, a reverse story of that, Sarah, is we had a gentleman start with us and we kind of went through the same exercise of you are calling to help them, right? And you are yep. calling to solve a problem for them. And in his mind, he couldn't get over that. And in his first day of work, he went to lunch and he never came back. <laughs> and, and he still to our team is known as 4-Hour Tommy. He literally <laughs> went to lunch and never came back. Never tired of it. I love that story. Yes. I, mean, I, I, heard, that. I mean, know thyself, you know? Yes. Yeah. I teach a, a class at our market center on how to sell a listing. And I always emphasize in my classes that picking up the phone and calling people is the quickest way to get business. And so one of the things we do during the class is I tell everyone, okay, today we're going to make a call. And I tell them that at the beginning of the class. And I said, you can call your mom, you can call your spouse, you can call your best friend, you can call whoever you want. But we're going to pick up the phone and we're going to make one call about real estate. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting in a class of you know, 20, 30 people, there's always a couple people who just sit there scrolling mm-hmm. through their phone, scrolling through their phone. And I know that they're going to fail. If they can't yeah. call their mom and have a conversation about real estate, then they're not going to be successful. 
Yeah, that just I've makes my heart too. hurt, honestly. Like, oh, just I could feel I could feel somebody's anxiety in that in that class, you know, yeah. just yeah, just yeah. seeing that. Gosh. I mean, yeah. I mean, the continuation uh, of my story with the with this uh, inside sales agent that's been with me for four years. The continuation of that is he has now impacted over five hundred families personally. Wow! I love and I shared that, that this week with the team because that's a huge milestone. Yeah, um, that he has had five hundred sales that he because he picked up the phone. He was nervous. He had call reluctance, but because he picked up the phone, he's been able to impact five hundred families in a positive way. Wow. And so we have the four-hour Tommy, and then you have mm-hmm. the story of my amazing, my amazing <laughs> team member. Five hundred, yeah. yeah, exactly. So which one do you want to be? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so let's dive in. Yeah. All right, ladies. Well, let's let's start with a foundational definition of you know what is call reluctance because because we always want to start with a definition and and call reluctance is powerful negative emotions such as fear, embarrassment, shame, anxiety, guilt. Uh, for a lot of people, even panic, right? Yeah. About mm-hmm. picking up the phone and calling either someone they know a cold call, or they know, or they they don't know a cold call, or they know a warm call, right? So yeah. it's it's an intense, you know, negative intense amount, I should say, of mm-hmm. negative thoughts and, and anticipation of the worst. This is personal. They're going to reject me, personal, you know, personally, and and you know. Then what we see with other cold call, call reluctance symptoms is they procrastinate. Like Wendy said, they pick up their phone, they play with their phone. Yeah, mm-hmm. they might call their mom, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or their They're getting ready to get ready. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting ready yeah. to get ready. Yeah, and I think that you know, if I was going to put it on in one simple sentence, like the VIA definition is. Cold call reluctance is an unwillingness to interrupt people in their day what it is. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. an unwillingness to pick up the phone and interrupt people. They cannot mm-hmm. bring themselves to do that. So that that brings up a question then, right? So why do salespeople experience call reluctance? Mm-hmm. Is it... Well, you know what I always say. <laughs> what do you always ahead? say? I always no, say. I don't. <laughs> and neither do these people. That's why we're having this episode. Well, I mean, you know, it was sort of a cue to ask me, admittedly. But, um, you know, there's to me, there, there, it's deeper than this, but, but I've always boiled it down to two reasons. And this isn't my content. I've known this for years from different sales trainings. They, A, they don't know who to call. B, they don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I would, add, I would add a third to that is a fear of rejection. Sure. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's lots of reasons, actually. We're going to go over all yeah. of them. But I think a big one is fear of rejection, which is kind of what uh, mm-hmm. Via was talking about in terms of call re- reluctance. Another thing is really a lack of training and support. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, people don't know. In fact, we had, we actually had someone that we interviewed for our real estate team. We ended up passing on her and she went to another team. And um, she had had a discussion with someone on our team who has done really well. She joined our team during the pandemic and has, has, been succeeding. And what's funny is she went to this other team and this other team did not provide any training or support, just basically gave her a list mm-hmm. of phone numbers to call and and kind of threw her to the wolves, you know? And yeah. so this person who didn't join our team ended up calling the salesperson on our team and was like, hey, tell me what to do. You wow. know? Yeah. Uh, because I think we see that a lot. It's like, oh, figure it out. You yeah. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's what we know from making thousands and thousands of calls, the four of us have made a lot of calls, is that there's common things people say. Uh, there's common objections. They're, they're pretty 
standard across the board. And so if you have training material for your team members and you know, okay, if they say this, you then say that and train them, prepare them, role play, get some energy going, right? Um, then that they really, you set them up for success. So a lot of it is just not giving them the game plan on how to make calls and what to say when someone says something back. I think that is a very, a, a big key one. And a lot of, I see a lot of empire builders blame the team member. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's saying, one of the things yep. you do exceptionally well in your organization, Sarah. And part of that's because your organization's so big. You know, you reach the point yeah. where you have dedicated people who are training and onboarding and um, spending a lot of time with them. And if you're hiring your first salesperson on, on mm-hmm. your team, most of uh, okay. you know most of the reason you're hiring someone is you're just so busy and swamped. And so yeah. the thought of having to okay. back. train and spend time and spend hours and hours and hours teaching them what to do is 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 can be overwhelming because that's why you hired that person. You wanted to get rid of that pain. Yep. Stuff. And when when you lead by example, my best advice for that, right, for lack of having the ability to train is leading by example. And my best inside sales agents have sat with me in my office for years. Yeah. They hear me. The best training is hearing it constantly, right? And so making sure, yes, we're all busy, but setting it up to where they're hearing you continually doing it and or they're close to you to where you can get up and train as the day goes on. That's been really key for us too. But lack of training, that's a big reason why. Well, and I think feedback too. You know, you can't, when you're in the moment and you're scared and you're making your calls, you can't necessarily evaluate yourself. So what kind of feedback are you giving to people? This is big. Yeah. That is big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I kind of found interesting when I was doing some research um, on this topic is, is that some people are actually more vulnerable to rejection than others, which makes sense. We we know it intuitively. Some people are more thick-skinned and more. some people are more sensitive. But um, a group of scientists in 2007 headed by a researcher, Ethan Cross, did some research on brain activity. And they were trying to determine if subjects had high or low rejection sensitivity. And the brain scan, the MRI, mm. showed that people with low rejection sensitivity have an increase in the activity of a brain region. You're, I'm getting into the weeds here. But, but basically, yeah. um, you know, your brain lights up who have very low rejection sensitivity. Um, and your brains just operate differently. So, I mean, mm. if you're that person who is very, very, very sensitive to rejection, um, there are certainly ways to overcome that. But it might be just that the that your brain is wired differently than some people yeah. who have thicker skin. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And it's something to look for. You could be questions that you ask when you're hiring salespeople. You know, we, we ask, what's the, bra- what's the bravest thing you've ever done yeah. outside of work? You know, things like that. So I love that. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Great question. Well, yeah, let, let's launch into that, Wendy. That was fascinating, by the way. Just fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, I find myself, I do find myself wondering, you know, how many people might use that in as, as an excuse, like, well, I have that brain. You know? <laughs> but but yeah. I also I also think they're not going to be attracted to sales. They're probably going to self-select themselves out if it's that, if they're literally if their brain is not wired. Yeah. That, but, well, yeah. and I'm I'm just curious. Like, I know this, I'm kind of going off script here, but I I'm just curious about. If you guys remember some of the first cold calling that you did and how you felt and what that was like, uh, because I know I actually got my I got started cold calling my first job when I was living in New York City. I worked for a public relations firm, and my job as a 22 year old was to call uh, media 
people, mm. New York City media people, mm-hmm. and pitch them stories that they could mm-hmm. care less about. And it was so scary. It was really, 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 really terrifying. But I did that for many years. I worked at that company for about 5 years and that was my job. And so by the time I got around to real estate, it was just a lot easier. So it was like mm-hmm. one of those things where it's just repetition helps a lot. What about you guys? What was your... I've what got, are your memories I've got a, of that? I've got a great, great one. So Go for it. Uh, <laughs> so I started cold calling when I was 14. Uh, so my mom was a realtor, is a realtor mm-hmm. still. And she gave me a script. We needed uh, business. Our family needed business. She gave me a script and go, said, go sit in this room. Here are some people to call. I ended up walking out with like th- three uh, listing appointments, all of which <laughs> all of which were, were move up. And she gave me like $10. Uh, and honestly, you're like, mom, you owe me. Yuck. Yeah, she owes me. Yeah, for no, sure. She... Still. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, kidding. No, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. But... To be honest, for me, if I have the list and and know what to say, I, I can bang on that. I I don't yeah. struggle. My brain must not have that. You have low <laughs> rejection sensitivity. Yes, I, love, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> I have low rejection sensitivity, but I, well, I've always and, enjoyed it. You know, because I make it. Yeah. I do my best to make things sort of boring things fun. So yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. I think it's part of it. What I love about that story is it's all about the mindset. Right. Yes. Of how you walk into it. I remember my first cold calling experience was in college, and I, we were taking a market research class. And um, turns out my professor was getting paid by this client, like to do market research, and he used <laughs> us as his like smart labor. <laughs> I think we got a bag of chips for the work. I was like, "Are you serious? Well, Ten dollars is better us. than that." I know. Seriously, I all I got you was win. A bag of chips. Um, and we we had this survey, and so he's like, "For your for your you know like semester long project, we're going to be doing this market research. We're going to be doing." you know, quantitative research. And so we had to make... um, We had to get a hold of 400 people and do these surveys during the semester. And do you want to know how many questions we had to get answered in these surveys? Are you ready for this? 125 questions. No! In in (laughs) cold calling about deli sandwiches. And do you know that like my... the How I got like, like... that's minutia. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to go back in and figure what out what all of us do. Yeah, what you like? When do you typically like order a sandwich? Is that for lunch? Would you prefer for dinner? Are there days of the week that you prefer? Is there a specific time that you know, your family that is, That's like a personality like, test because who uh, knows seriously. the answers Thank to you. What? It was well, terrible. And who would answer 125 terrible. questions well, to a complete that was, I can't That was honestly the that. problem though is we'd get, you know, like A, we get them to answer, you know, I have a couple questions for you and you're on like question like 80 and they're like, are we done yet? And we had to like, please don't hang up. I am an unpaid college student. All I'm getting is chips for this. Oh, I'm like, don't put ketchup on my sandwich. I didn't even get good. a sandwich. Like, they didn't yeah. even give us a sandwich. It's I remember not, at the end of the semester. I, I haven't done a lot of lessons in that one, Seychelle. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, ladies, I, I, um, I could tell my, you know, Sarah, mine's kind of like yours. It's not my first one, but I'm remembering I took this job two years ago. And um, I, part of my job is to call other businesses, at, merger and acquisition phone calls. Yeah. And um, I just, I don't know. I just got in my car. I'm like, oh, I need to make M&A calls today. And I'm like, let me look up the owner. And I pulled over like right at the bottom of my driveway. And I, like, I called one of the biggest firms, not big, but one of the biggest indie firms in town. And he answered the phone and I go, Hi, this is Via Williams, blah, 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 blah. And I had an appointment in like 60 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. So I mean, <laughs> I did I wouldn't say I had the courage of my convictions in this role yet. Sure. And you know, all you need to do is know what your call outcome is. I mean, you know, yep. I just knew I needed an appointment, so I asked for it. 
Yeah. Yep. But um, let, let's move into this because there's a lot of people listening and, and we know this, you know, we know how common this is who have cold call reluctance at some level. Probably everybody has it at some yeah. level. Oh, sure. So well, we, and some yeah. days are better than others, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're just feeling it. And we're all sales leaders and we're all sales managers and, and we, we have a lot of experience. This is really our wheelhouse. And so we're going to go through 10 ways to overcome call reluctance, right? 10 ways that we have found over the years has really helped overcome that. So um, so the first one, I'm going to start with the first one. The first one is quantity. And what I always say is confidence through competence. Confidence through mm-hmm. competence. The better you get, the more confident you become. Quantity. Make a lot of calls and manage your fear through repetition. I don't know what else to say about it. One of my founder CEO uh, used to be a cable sales guy and made like a thousand cold calls a week or something crazy like that. He's like, I got into real estate. I'm like, there was just literally zero fear. By the time he got mm-hmm. into real estate, yeah. he crushed it. You know? Yeah. So that leads to number two is... So you got to call a lot of people. But number two is make sure you know how everything works. So many of us in our businesses use either dialers or contact management systems. Make sure that you know how they work. And the way that we do this on our team is that we give someone a a list of like older, you know, leads or people in our database that it's okay to sort of mess up on if they don't know, Mm -hmm. if they don't know how to work the system. Because honestly, the best way to know how to work the system is to do it. Yes. And so yeah. you got to just start doing it and realize yeah. that um, the biggest thing that I, I tell my team all the time, perfection is the enemy of progress. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to know everything. You will stumble, but you, it's not going to be perfect, but you want progress. So just get out there. You're not going to know everything, but making sure that you at least know, okay, this is how it dials. This is where I should put in the notes. This mm-hmm. is where I put in the next action. Those things are important to know within the system. Love that. Number three, Wendy. A number three. All right. So um, I was actually just going to take a note on that. Perfection is the enemy of progress. Um, okay. You caught me in, in the middle of taking a note. That's a that's a mock um, All quote. right. So really, this one's super important. So I think sometimes salespeople think, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call someone up. I'm gonna be talking the whole time. I'm just gonna be. It's it's all me, 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 me." But really, the best thing you can do when you're making your sales calls is ask really good questions. Mm-hmm. So and know what those questions are, right? So understanding yeah. that's how you build rapport is by asking questions. You're not really selling your product. You're helping, you're going to be helping this person. And the only way you can help this person is really understand kind of where they're coming from. That's right. And, and every statement you. with a question. That's the that's rule. Right. And every statement with a question. So if they ask mm-hmm. you a question, mm-hmm. what price is this house? You're going to say four hundred thousand. Is that the price range you're looking in? You you right. automatically end with a question. The more questions you have, the more you'll progress the call. And we do want to remind everybody: open ended questions. That's which what is I was going to say. Yep. Way of saying no, yes, and no <laughs> questions. Sorry, I yes. stole your thunder. No, it's so, great. What question? You know, the, the word "what" is a really good, uh, a really good, uh, you know, precursor. I don't love the word "why" because it tends to get people on the defensive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like to, you know, how or what. So yes, that's good to be a yep. Definitely open-ended. That way you don't get into the ability for them to keep saying no to you. That's yeah. what you're trying to avoid. You know, and then once you're asking really great questions, you have to understand what you're selling, which is number four, 
right? You have a product that people need and your job is to get in front of them so that you can help them. And so, you know, for a lot of us here on the podcast, our product happens to be housing. One of the great things about that is it's one of the basic needs. It is one of our three basic needs. And so everyone needs a place to live. So how can I help you with your housing needs, right? And understanding whatever product it is, whether it's a widget or a shoe or tech or a house, doesn't matter. But it's really understanding what your product is and how that can help them. That's huge. Yeah. I tell people um, our job's really important. You know, we help the homeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number five is build your bunker. This is so important. What that means is remove distractions. So this means you need to close your door wherever you are. You need to remove all notifications from the phone you're using and the computer you're using. You need to politely tell the people you're leading and your team around you that you are not to be disturbed during this time. Really, really important. And that also builds a bunker of accountability around it. What I want to say about this is I get a lot of pushback because you know I have an army of salespeople working for me. We all do. And, um, and they lead big, huge real estate offices. And they say, oh, well, my agents feel like my door is always closed and then I'm not around. And what I say to them is, well, you need to be extra good at leading by wandering around when you're not in your bunker. This yeah. means that you do have to, you know, you have to have the opposite discipline pretty well. So in order to bunker, if you're a leader, especially in order to bunker, this means you have to be really good at unbunkering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can't That's bunker good. yourself all day. You know? It's not a word. <laughs> I'm a deciderer. That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> so part of having a bunker is like you need snacks, you need your water. Because I don't know about you guys. Go to the bathroom. Yeah, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Get your adult diapers on. Exactly. Okay. But for real, I get I get distracted. So the minute I leave my bunker, it's like the calls are like done, right? You mean the minute you unbunker? Yes. 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 When I unbunker, I'm done. Have you seen all those funny, funny photos of like people in open workspaces that like tape signs to themselves that say, don't talk to me because I'm really social and I'll talk to you a long time and I will fail on reaching my objectives. And if you love me, you won't talk to me. Like there's all these really funny signs going around on the internet that people like literally tape to their back. If you talk to me, I will talk to you back and you will be like stopping me from hitting my goal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love it. So number six. That's so true. It's so true. Number six, uh, get mentored. There are mm-hmm. so many amazing mentors all around uh, calling and scripting and what and what to do. When I, w- when I first got into real estate, I of course had my mom who was my mentor, but I also was in the office every morning really early, ready to get going. And uh, another girl, Jennifer Young, uh, who happens to be number two in our region, our team's number one, we actually grew our businesses sort of side by side, which has been pretty beautiful to see. But we used to make cold calls together. She was in the business a couple of years before me. And so I would learn from listening to her. We would mm-hmm. go out in the middle of the office and make calls together. But she was a big mentor to me in my career. And I can name you know, a lot of others as well. But it's so important to have a mentor uh, that can help you along the way. Yep. And uh, so number seven is really to have the conviction that you are calling to help people with their challenges. Yes. And... This will really help you if you know what the typical challenges are for whatever you're selling. Yeah. So if you go on a listing appointment, there's typically just a few challenges that 
you're going to help people with. You know, they want to sell their house in the shortest amount of time for the most money, but there are other challenges too. And so if you understand all that and you're really convicted that you're helping people, a lot of people go into sales because they do want to help people. You know, real estate especially Mm -hmm. is very much a helping position. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are helping someone with their largest fiduciary, you know, with their largest assets. So you're really a fiduciary for that person. Mm -hmm. And if you take your role and responsibility really seriously, then you really want to get to that person before somebody else who's a lot less qualified than you does. I, mm-hmm. I I apologize to people. So we do we we go on appointments where people maybe already had their house listed with another mm-hmm. person, and I've apologized to people. Hey, I'm sorry I didn't get here soon enough. You know, I'm sorry you had a terrible experience with someone. Yeah. We really want to help you. Um, and and those really tough people who've had a bad experience, they're the ones that, that are the most grateful. Yeah. 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 Wendy, yeah. that is so good. And this one's so important to me. I just feel like I have to add something. If, you know, a lot of you are not selling real estate. Maybe you're recruiting or maybe you're selling, you know, a widget or something. I have found one of the most effective ways to get over call reluctance is to truly internalize that you you are going to be upset. Like Wendy said, you're going to be upset if mm-hmm. they don't come to your firm or buy your widget. That that truly what you have is so impactful on someone's life that you will be really upset if they don't at least know about it. Like you couldn't forgive yourself for not telling them about it. The level of conviction, I think, is the level of success you're going to have. And it gets over more call reluctance because that that need to help people and and that complete utter belief that Mm. your product can solve their problem does more... I think it'll get rid of that brain gene. Actually, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I, I think agree. Conviction yeah. can get rid of that. Yeah, belief in and that, well, and honestly, this should be number one yeah, on the list. It really just because should. it's yeah. a mindset. It's such a big mindset thing. It, yeah, it's all in the yeah. mind. And so, yeah, well, yeah, well yeah. I mean, and, and you know, that brain thing. I don't want anyone out there thinking like, oh, yeah, that's me. So I'm not going to be in sales. You know, we all have our natural behavior. Yeah, and 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 you know, that's how we were born. We can't do anything about it, but we have wisdom that's stacked yeah. on top of that, and so. You know, the older you get, the more wisdom you have stacked on top of your natural behavior, and you can really do anything you want if you have a big mm-hmm. enough, a big enough why, why for it. That's right. So true. Well, and you know, to get over that, you know, to help you with the conviction is the opposite side of that, and that's understanding that you can tell yourself, right, every no is one step closer to a yes, and that's number eight. Right? It's a numbers game, and rejection is just part of the job. And so, one thing that we do on our team is we, we make it fun because if you know that no is part of it. Then you're looking for the how many no's can I get? Or what we love to do is we have a sheet like that's a, a, a call bingo, if you will, and you get prizes when you win it, right? And so some of the things might be on there is to, you know, if somebody hangs up on you or somebody yells a four letter word at you, or you catch somebody in the car, right? That counts. Or an appointment set, obviously, or making somebody laugh. Or you could call, call it big schedule. no bingo. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it, but it's you know it's it's Somebody how do you take out there is listening. It. That's your million dollar That's idea. Your, I there know. You, go. you heard there it you here go. first. <laughs> but you know it's and it, unbunkering. It, I mean, and unbunkering. <laughs> this was yes, full of value. You. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you gotta you gotta make it it's fun. Worth. And 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 I think Sarah said that beautifully. Right when she was fourteen and she didn't know any better. Right, and she's making these calls. She's figuring out a way to build relationships and make it fun. And so if no, if the word no makes you cringe and tense up and get like all sweaty and nervous, like figure out a way whether whether it's no no bingo or anything else that you can you can make happen to make it make it easier for you to make those calls. I love that one. I always say IJM is just math. 
And mm-hmm. so, you know, anytime you're executing any kind of plan, actually, it's like a life thing for me. I, I say it a lot when I'm coaching. I'll say it's, it's just know the math. It's just math. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get out of your emotional state. Just just mm-hmm. look at the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. okay. I need 99 no's to get a yes. Well, great. It's just math. You know, so I say... Well, yes, unless you I don't do. like math. Well, we, we're learning. We are business people. So we teach that we like Everybody math. likes math. <laughs> Everyone in business right. should like math. There's certain aspects of math that you... It's not hard math. Anyway. It's adding the, adding the notes. Okay, fine. That's fine. 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 What's number nine, Mia? What's number nine? <laughs> number nine. Okay, I'm really good at number nine. I'm so good at this. So ask yourself, what's the absolute worst thing that could happen? And you you are talking to the mm. doomsday expert over here. I I am a master at like, I'm going to die. I'm literally... I have a shirt. I should have worn it today. It says, I am literally dead. So like the worst thing that can happen is you can die. <laughs> And that's, that's, that that is, that's a via-ism right there, right? All of you people who are thinking about going into sales now know what the worst thing is, which you could get murdered. You you Mm -hmm. could actually die. So here's the thing. You could call someone. They could get really angry. You could give them your address accidentally. They could come over with a big knife. You're but not the odds are not in your favor that that's going to happen. Not so. in your favor. But one of the one of the fun things I do, um, if you know, if if I'm in especially fearful mode, you, if I'm in a fearful mode, it's it's in the I don't know what to say. Most mm. people, by the way, out of the two things that I that I think you know lead to call reluctance, don't know who to call, don't know who to say. Most of this is around what to say. Obviously, yeah. yeah. So, uh, which is it's a simplified thing. But uh, what I do sometimes, if I'm going to have to go through a really tough session, and it's not always cold calls. It's like of tough calls. I'll go, okay, this is going to horrible. I'm like prep, like I'm fired up. Like the next hour is going to suck. It's going to be horrible. This is going to be the worst hour of the week. Let's go, man. Like, you know, I kind of do that. And then does it suck? Mm-hmm. Is it ever that bad, by the way? No. It's 90% no. every no. once in a while, but 90% it's not. And then you kind of eat that frog first and you go on with your day and it really is not bad. In fact, you feel better after. So I don't know. That's my little thing. Well, honestly, I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you don't reach your goals and you don't provide for your family and you yep. don't, and Someone you feel like a failure. Like if you don't pick up the phone in real estate or in any business, that's typically your best way out of the business. And so mm-hmm. you've got to look at it like, okay, I focus on your big why. Why are you doing what you're doing? What's your long-term goal? And like really focus on that as you're getting through it. And then number 10... Um, and this has been a great list, guys. So good job. Uh, number 10, 10 is set some type of timer or a goal, some type of thing to just keep going. So it could be like, okay, for 10 minutes, I'm going to dial as much as I can. Or on our team, we like to do 90, mm-hmm. we call them 90 minute sprints, and then we do a 15 minute break. So 90 minute sprint, we make it fun, have a little competition. You can team up with a friend. Like it doesn't have to be like, let's, you're an individual agent, let's say, team up with a friend and say, okay, for 90 minutes, let's see who can get the most dials. Let's see who can have the most conversations. But set some type of goal. In the beginning of my career, I used to just set a goal. I just need one appointment. So if I get that appointment, mm-hmm. that first call, I'm done. Yeah. If yeah. I if, yeah. if it takes me mm-hmm. two to three hours, I'm gonna do two to three hours. I love that. Yeah, why well, not a little goal. system? You guys can't see it unless you're watching the video. You can't see this, but I this is a little dish that I we got this. these for our wedding, and um, I hmm. put these little jewels in my dish, like whatever, not real jewels, but fake jewels. Like, and I would I started out with five when I was just working part time, and so my goal was I had two of these, and I would just move the jewels every time I talk to someone about real estate. So that mm-hmm. eventually increased to a lot more than five. But 
Um, yeah. It was that tiny little system. And then I could just look at the end of every day. It's like, oh, did I do my job today or not? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Visual. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Great. Well, today was a great one, guys. I personally took a ton of notes. And uh, so today we learned what, re what call reluctance really is. We learned why people experience call reluctance and why some people have more call reluctance than others. And finally, we went over the top 10 ways to overcome call reluctance. And some of my takeaways for that are, is you're really helping people. You need to know what to say. Um, progress is better than perfection. And uh, unbunkering is indeed an actual word. Just kidding. No, it's not. I Googled it. Anyway, guys, today was a great episode. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you guys will go out and build a big business and even bigger life. 